Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show today. So today's guest is going to talk to us about losing 125 pounds in 10 months naturally. And you know, this is a very interesting topic because there are so many aspects to weight loss. There's the physical aspect, there's the mental aspect, there's the reflective aspect. And so we're going to go through all of that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about um, emotional eating as well as binge eating. And so if this is an area that you struggled with, even if you have done it to the point where you feel like it's a problem, or if you're like just a light emotional eater like I am, hello, break up an ice cream, right? This is going to give you some things that you can use to really curb those habits and improve your life. So I'm really excited to welcome today's guest. So today we have Julia Prezuso, and oddly enough, she went to my undergrad school, William Patterson University in New Jersey, and um, and so we share that in common, and I was really glad to have her come on to share her story. So join me in welcoming Julia. Julia, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Dr. S. Thanks for having me. Totally. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business first? How did you get started in your business? So my current business, I've evolved to this level of this business, actually. I started Defining Moments in 2007 as a business consultant, helping other entrepreneurs build out uh, their businesses. And then I went into the avenue of fitness and nutritional coaching after losing 125 pounds in 10 months and helping other people achieve their fitness goals as well was really the focus. Um, as I as I went on in life, I encountered different types of full-time positions because you know that our hustles are the side hustle until they can become the main hustle. And so one of my, my positions was as an administrator for a psychiatric practice, and I was helping this doctor build the logistics of a business while he saw, you know, uh, 25 to 30 patients a day. And in, in this capacity, I met lots of the patients. They would often have long waits in the waiting room and I would speak to them. They would come into my office. And it was at that time where I realized that maybe, maybe this was something that I needed to pay attention to. And Um, From the ashes of my divorce, I decided that going back to school 10 years after getting my undergraduate, that that a master's degree was in order. And so I decided to go back to school to pursue a degree in mental health counseling. And it was then, I always knew that I would be in private practice. I, you know, as many entrepreneurs out there, you know that you can't work for anybody. When you know that, you have to just pursue 
the independent thing. And so after I graduated, I hung a shingle and started to build a, a clientele. And that's how I got started. You have a tremendous story of losing 125 pounds naturally. And I mean, I'd love for you to just share what life was like when you were 125 pounds heavier, like what that, what you feel that was a result from, and then what your journey was as you shed this weight. And I know you're going to give our listeners some tips also at the end on, you know, how they can kind of do the same and keep it off for good. But I, I mean, I'm so excited for you to just share your walk with us. Sure. So the journey was very painful and it was filled with uh, rejection and isolation, humiliation, embarrassment. Um, you know, again, my culture um, is is uh, gathers around food for everything. If we're happy, we eat. If we're sad, we eat. And so food was something that was also used to express love and very much um, was served up with love. And so when you eat the food, you're showing love by eating it. Unfortunately, I didn't know when to stop. And I had a problem with binge eating and I was an excessive overeater. I now know that overeating was an attempt to, to help ease my anxiety. It wasn't effective, but it was an attempt. And so, um, I was 90 pounds in kindergarten uh, that was the first time I knew I was different from everyone else because I was in public school number 18 in Patterson, New Jersey, online to see the nurse outside lined up. And she called me in and she looked at me. And that's just what it was. It was the looks that you received that made you know that something was not quite right with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she put me on a scale and she said, you know, you're too fat. And I, I just remember the pain of hearing that word fat. I'm still very uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. In any event, um, again, my, my family was of no help there. Our food is rich in delicious carbohydrates that also our brains are addicted to. And I didn't know anything about nutrition. And so it was um, February 9th, 1999. I'm coming up on 21 years of keeping off 125 pounds. So February, yeah, thank you so much. So uh, February 8th, 1999, I was sitting around a kitchen table with my, my friends. All of us were over 250 pounds. We were eating a McDonald's number one supersize and talking about how tomorrow was going to be the day that we committed to losing weight. And my friends were going on Weight Watchers and I decided to go on a low carb Atkins diet because on, on the low carb diet, there was no restrictions. I wasn't counting calories. I could have an unlimited amount of the approved foods. And for somebody like me who struggled with binge eating and had a hard time with managing portion control, that made the most sense. And so I woke up that day on February 9th and I went for a walk around the block at 265 pounds on a five foot three frame. And I was too embarrassed to go to a gym, but I said, okay, if I can walk, then I can, I can, I know that if I leave my house and I walk 30 minutes in one direction, then I have to get myself back 
the same way on foot because nobody's coming to pick me up. And so um, soon enough, I was walking seven days a week, two, three, up to five miles a day. I would walk from my house in Patterson through Hawthorne, through Fairlawn and back home. And um, I would see some of the kids by the by the grammar school and they would say, oh, damn, have you seen Julia? She's on that crackhead diet. Because the weight just came off in the first mm -hmm. four months. I lost 75 pounds in four months. Oh, my God. And 125 in 10 months. It was like coming out of a fat suit. Mm. And so incredibly empowering because I had been to the family doctor who, who had put me on cocktails of fen-fen that literally killed people and was pulled from the market. Mm -hmm. And then, and then he'd find things like the cabbage soup diet, any, nothing that was sustainable for a 15, 16 year old girl who had no understanding of nutrition or food. It was just very, very restricting and, um, and didn't, and, and didn't lack the appeal that would keep me sticking to the program. So I found this low carb revolution and, if you give me an, an unlimited amount of cheese and I can lose weight on it, I'm interested. <laughs> and there, there's the story. Ten months later, I came out of the fat suit and I went from a size 26 to a size 4 at my lowest because I wanted to see how low I could go. I also, you know, bordered on an unhealthy spectrum there too by getting too low. And now I'm just comfortable as, you know, an average American woman sitting in a size 8, feeling healthy. I have not been on a scale since 2016. And I'm very just mindful of my eating patterns now. You know, I have so much to dig into with your story because there's just so many pieces. There's the weight loss piece, but I think what catches me and what may catch a lot of people is also, especially you with, with your background, is the mental health piece of that. I mean, growing up as a child, you know, and there's, I think this is like an, an interesting cross section with the whole body positivity movement because growing up as a child, it wasn't okay for people to make you feel like you weren't accepted based on how you looked, right? But then from another perspective, your health was super important and it was important for you to not do all the fast food and to recognize that the binge eating was a problem. And so tell me a little bit about the mental healing process that you went through where, you know, I know that there are parts of you that love yourself and that loved yourself throughout the whole process, but then there was also this interesting push and pull with like how you were being treated and what that also did to you. So, so talk to me from the mental health perspective. What did that look like? Well, I think that the, the rejection, uh, the rejection came from everywhere. So, and, and this is not to villainize uh, my family in any way, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was harsh. I mean, we're Italian, we're from North Jersey, we're pretty rough around the edges and they could be relentless in the teasing and so uh, my self-worth and my self-confidence, my self-esteem was, was essentially non-existent. And so 
you know, I have been on a personal journey of, of healing for 16 years. I've been working with a therapist that I just absolutely adore. She's, she's partially responsible for why I am a therapist today too, because she really influenced me in, in positive ways and helped me to, to grow and to heal the inner child inside of me. And so I say a lot to my clients, you know, I'm, I'm really good friends with Julia from ages zero to about 12. I'm still, you know, not very uh, fond of Julia ages like 16 to 20. I mean, she made some really bad decisions. And I think that that's when I speak that way, I help others understand that there's peace that they need to make with themselves in order to really achieve their maximum potential. And so going into therapy, I was 26 years old and I come from a culture that doesn't believe in therapy, doesn't believe there's anything wrong with you, doesn't believe in doctors, believes it's a conspiracy theory to get your insurance money. And so again, this was another area where there was just no encouragement or understanding of what I was going through and why I needed help. And, and I felt very alone and, and very isolated and very different from my family because I always thought differently than they did. And so going into to therapy, I, I really went in there because even though I had lost 125 pounds, I had just moved from, a, from one disordered eating, which was binge eating, into another disordered eating, which was counting every calorie, counting every macro, obsessing over what I was eating, and then over-exercising. So my, my behavior, while it wasn't diagnosable, was definitely not otherwise specified if we're using the diagnosis uh, manual. So I, I went from one eating disorder to another, and I needed to stop those patterns which is what led me to really get serious about my mental health. Because on top of that, I always had a significant amount of depression. And, and I know why I had that. But I, I needed to treat it because if I didn't treat it, it was going to chase me for the rest of my life. And, and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And so for those women out there who may feel like they have a binge eating problem or an overeating problem and, you know, they're just discouraged, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to put one foot in front of the other, they hear all this mixed advice between keto and Atkins and vegan and, mm -hmm. and everything else and, and they're just overwhelmed, what advice would you give to them? I think the, the the first thing I will say is just be honest. Be honest with yourself that you have a problem. If we don't acknowledge the problem, we can't get to the resolutions. And yeah, there's so much out there in terms of uh, weight loss plans and diet plans, and you know, depending on how you who you speak to, even saying the word diet in our culture today in 2020 mm -hmm. is like a dirty word. Uh, even though it means a way of life, that's the origins of the word diet. It means a way of life. And so finding a way of life that works for you, whether that be intermittent fasting or whether that be not eating carbs or just eating carbs before noon, that's going to be your own personal decision on, on what program works for you. But getting to the root of the why, getting to the root of the relationship with your food has to be something that you address because 
if you can see what you're doing and lay and raise your level of awareness around the behaviors associated with food, then you can make some changes that will be long lasting and that will become your way of life. Like I say now, this is just the way that I eat. It's been 21 years. It's my way of life. You know, what I love about everything you just said is that it's not just about the being overweight part. It is about your relationship with food and anybody at any size and any point in their life can have an unhealthy relationship with food. And so, you know, bringing them back to what does your relationship with food look like? And is it a positive one? Is it a sustainable one? I think is such an important conversation that we often don't have that much. And, and you are uniquely positioned to have it because of your mental health background as well. Yes. And, and people use food, um, the restriction of food as a punishment uh, mm -hmm. for themselves. And, and I, I just hate to see that type of relationship continue. Uh, food is used as a way to suppress emotion. And we're very much a society that doesn't talk about feelings, even though we like to think that we're more emotionally intelligent in 2020. We're really not. We don't have the emotional vocabulary to even express what we're feeling inside. And so if there's some hint of a, of a um, malignant feeling that comes on, our go-to strategy is to grab food. And I feel that it's something that we do unconsciously. And so if we don't raise our level of awareness around it, we can't change it. Uh, when you think about emotions, because I have to like raise my hand and say I am totally an emotional eater, and I, I don't think it's to the point where it's dangerous, but it's definitely to the point where if I have a bad day, I give myself permission to grab some ice cream. And I don't know if that's necessarily healthy all the time. And so I am wondering, from your perspective, what are some things that people can do to replace unhealthy relationships with food or unhealthy food habits? So eating is a form of soothing. And, and so if we can just add more to our self-soothing uh, basket, then we have options. So food is the go-to. What else is a go-to? So for me over the years, I go to a walk, going outside, being in nature, it grounds me, it makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger than just what I do, right? And so finding alternatives to soothing yourself, a hot mug of tea, a hot bath, a hot shower, uh, being with your children if you have them, playing with your pet if you have them, participating more fully and presently in your life, and also giving yourself permission to identify the emotion, have a name for it, and then express it. If there's sadness present, can you cry? Can you color? Can you do something to express the sadness instead of stuffing it down with a bag of chips and then a soda? So you're just, you know, and then, then what that does in turn is then negatively impacts your mental health because of the the chemicals that get released with those foods and then the depletion of those. And so now we have an imbalance to the pillars that keep your mental health intact whenever you decide to go down that self-destructive path of binging or overeating because you're emotional. Super helpful. So what does your typical um, client look like today in your practice? Who do you spend your, your days working on and working with in your counseling business? My 
area of expertise is in trauma. I, I feel that trauma is the root of all, of all mental health illnesses. Trauma looks like a lot of things. It looks like anxiety disorders. It looks like depression. It looks like a lot of different mental illnesses. And so when we can uncover where all of this began, then we can unlock compassion and love towards the self. When there's compassion and love towards the self, you're going to be less likely to volunteer for malignant behavior like feeding yourself until you're sick. Because mm -hmm. when you can align with the parts of you that have been wounded, you will no longer volunteer to hurt them. Mm -hmm. Julia, such beautiful work. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us and so much of your story. I mean, I'd love, of course, I'm going to plug in how our audience can find you at the end, and I'd, I'd love to give you the time to do that. But before we close, if you could look back and give yourself any piece of advice, what would it be? That I'm okay. That would be the one piece of advice that I would go back and, and tell myself that I'm okay just the way I am. Because I think that when you're made to feel that you're not okay, you go on a desperate mission to find ways to feel okay. And those ways will lead you down rabbit holes with consequences that could steer your life in directions you don't want it to go. Ultimately, everything is part of the big picture, but I feel that if we can just stop and acknowledge that we're okay right now in this capacity and that we always have room for growth, that that would have been a game changer. How can our audience find and support you? My, the audience can find me on Instagram. My handle is my defining moment. And on Facebook, defining moments LLC are the two ways to find me right now. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Julia. Amazing. Thanks for having I me. I can't wait to have you back. My pleasure. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.